Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. I want to share with you the whole, the whole passage today uh, from Ephesians 1, 3 through 8. Ephesians 1, 3 through 8. Whenever I, I deal with the first chapter of Ephesians, there's so much in there, it makes my head explode. And so I've tried to narrow it down a little bit to keep it focused, but we could almost stop on every verse and, and teach and preach on it. Not to say that I won't do that at some point, but I'm going to try not to do that today. I'm going to focus on, on one area. But Ephesians 1, 3 through 8 uh, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Here's verse 4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In, in love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace, that he lavished on us with all wisdom and all understanding. Okay, there's a lot in there. You'll have to read it uh, at home and just think on it, uh, read it from different translations. It'll give you a better, better understanding. Uh, I like the New Living Translation as well. Most of the English translations that you'll, you'll be able to find are good and reliable uh, in that. So let me, let me tell you this story. I've used this example before, but I want to get into it a little deeper. When I was much younger, uh, this goes back to when I was a teenager, we would uh, play basketball on the playground. And through the magic of Google Maps, that's actually the playground, one of the playgrounds in my hometown of Hubbard, Ohio, that we played on. Uh, it's called Waugh Field. And we would say we would either meet at Jones or we would meet at Waugh. Uh, and that's how we would, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. There's a fence line there, and one of my friends uh, lived there, and so we'd go to his house and hop the fence so we didn't have to go all the way around, and we would play basketball for hours. Now I go out in the heat to get the mail, and I'm calling for the Lord to take me home, you know. But back then, you could just play for hours and not think, think anything of it. But one of the things that we did, I don't even know how we knew to go to the field at a certain time, because we didn't have cell phones back then. We had something, some of you might get this, some of you, you won't get it, we had a phone that was attached to the wall, okay? And after this morning service, somebody texted me and said, rotary phone, and ours, I remember rotary phones. Before push button, and you would go, you know, and back around. But there was, there was one phone downstairs for the whole downstairs and one phone upstairs for the whole upstairs but what we had so that we could get to other rooms of the house was what a long cord that would get all twisted do you remember that and I would pull that thing as far as I could you know so everybody couldn't hear my conversations uh, back then how many remember that 
Okay, everybody, but the back row there, a couple of you youngsters. You youngsters. Uh, but yeah, we remember that, and we pull the cord and get all tangled and all of that. And, and uh, so anyway, however we did it, we decided we would go there. And what we would do is once there was a group gathered, we would choose teams. And how we did it back then, which was a terrible way to do it, is we would choose captains, usually the two best players, and they would look at who was left, and they would say, I'll take him, and that was always the second best player, until it got to the end, <laughs> and you were the last person chosen. You don't have to raise your hand if you were ever the last person chosen, but it's a terrible, it's a terrible experience. In fact, sometimes it would get so bad that the captains would argue with each other, I don't want them, you take them. That's a real bad place a real bad place to be. That was a terrible way to choose, to choose teams. But that's how we did it back in, in those, those days. But this, this analogy of how we chose teams back then is actually a perfect explanation of what our passage is today when it talks about how God chose us and how God predestined us. Now watch how this, watch how this plays out. Verse 4, let's go back to that other slide there, Kel, please. Thanks to Justin and Kelly for helping. They not only do this in here, but help upstairs for the streaming. Look at this. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. He predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Now, for those with a Bible background and, and some uh, theology background, you'll understand this is the argument between God's sovereignty and man's free will. God's sovereignty and man's free will. God's choosing and our believing. Now, people much smarter than me, which aren't hard to find. How, how was that, Doug? Was that, that wasn't good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> People much smarter than me that aren't hard to find, I'll, I'll just keep hitting it till somebody laughs, uh, have been debating this for 2,000 years, okay? I'm just going to give you a, a simple explanation of a very difficult subject because it's so relevant and practical to our lives today. That's why. So some would emphasize the sovereignty of God or they would use the word elect. God elects which means chooses. I choose you, I don't choose you, I choose you, I don't choose you. And that's God's sovereignty. He owns everything. He can do what he wants when he wants. The difficulty with that is what do you do with the passages that say believe? Like this passage, for God so loved the world that whosoever what? Okay, so we have some responsibility. Those that believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So there's a balance between God choosing and us believing. How does that all fit together? Verse 18 of the same chapter of uh, John, whoever believes in him, again, believes, is not condemned. So if you don't believe, then you're condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. Now others, on the other side, that's emphasizing the sovereignty of God to choose and to elect Others on the other side of the pendulum say that, you know, man has too much part to play in salvation. That if you do this and you do that as a human, then you will be saved. But Ephesians also addresses that in the next chapter. For it is by grace you have been saved, right? Through faith. 
and not of yourselves, lest any man should boast. Or it is a gift of God, not by works. So it's not our works that save us, so that no one can boast. Each of these is a, a simple rendering of these two extremes that, again, have been debated for 2,000 years. But so here is what I want to deal with, though, and you'll understand this. Here we are before God, sinners, condemned already, needing a Savior. The question is, did God choose us or did we choose God? Did God choose us or did we choose God? And the answer is yes. That's the answer, yes. Did God choose us or did we choose God? The answer is yes. Now watch how this plays out with this playground analogy. Jesus came to the playground, earth, okay? He came and he's the greatest player ever to live. And he's the ultimate captain. In fact, he's a, a player coach. Means that not only does he, did, did he coach, but he also played and he played the perfect game. And so for generations, people were playing the game wrong terribly wrong. They had taken a beautiful and perfect game, a game that God called good, in fact, very good. Do you understand what I'm saying? And they ruined it. And they ruined it because they wanted to do what they wanted to do when they wanted to do it. They wanted to play the game by their rules and not by God's rules. And so they absolutely ruined the perfect game. And so Jesus, who is the perfect one, that not only invented the game, created the game, but he played the game perfectly. He shows up at the playground, watch, and he says, who wants to play on my team? And anyone that raises their hand and says, I want to play on your team, he chooses. Isn't that awesome? That gives me chills still thinking about it. Anyone, anyone that says, I want to play on Jesus' team, he chooses. So does God choose us or does man choose? The answer is yes. We admit that we don't play the game well. We admit that we've played the game poorly throughout our lives, that we've broken the rules. And because of that, we need help. We admit that we need someone better than us to choose us to be on their team and to help us to be better players. Do you all understand this is not about basketball, right? Okay. So let's look at who raised their hand when Jesus came. He looked over at this group. And the first guy that raised his hand was a foul-mouthed fisherman. But he raised his hand and Jesus said, I, you can play on my team. One was a great doubter. He doubted everything, but he... Jesus said, I choose you. One hand went up, and Jesus already knew everything about him, and he loved money more than anything else. And Jesus still chose him. One was a worrier. He knew that he was going to be faced with something of how are we going to feed these 5,000 people, and he said, there's no way to possibly do it. Jesus knew that about him, but he raised his hand, and Jesus chose him. 
One hand that was raised was an adulterous woman. One hand that was raised was a demon-possessed prostitute. One hand that was raised was an extremely religious man who had people killed that followed Jesus because he thought he was doing the will of God. Jesus knew everything that they had done and still chose them. Jesus knows everything that you have done. And if you want to play on his team, he'll choose you too. Watch. Not only did Jesus know everything they had done, is when he chose them, he already knew what they were going to do. He knew Peter would deny him. He knew Thomas wouldn't believe him. He knew Judas would betray him, but he still chose them. Now watch this and get this, because this is really it for us. He knew what you have done, and he still chose you. He knew the mistakes that you would make going forward. He knows the mistakes you'll make in the future, and he still wants you to play on his team. That's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. When I was playing basketball in college, I was okay, but not very good. I was okay, good enough to make the team, not very good. Coach says, and it's a defensive strategy, if you let a guy cut through the lane, the first guy that lets the guy cut through the lane is coming out. So I just get in the game. I'm telling you, it was a timeout, he puts me in, he looks down the bench and says, eh. not quite that bad. And, and the guy cuts through, and you're supposed to stop him from doing what he wants to do, and he just went through. I was in the game all of about five seconds because I had messed up, and he took me out of the game. But then after the game, he talked to me about what I did, and in practice, he began to show me how I should have handled that situation. You know what? Jesus might take you out of the game, but he'll never throw you off the team. Isn't that good news? Now, years later, I coached basketball, and it was, I, I coached a lot of basketball, but this particular instance was intramural basketball here in Franklin Township. And some of the kids were good, and some were just awful. They were the single worst basketball players that I had ever seen in my life. And it's hard when you can play to watch people that can't play at all. Like, it would only make sense to me that if you're under the hoop, you don't have to shoot it as hard as if you're 30 feet away from the hoop. Do you understand? If I'm this far away from the hoop, you have to use a bit of strength or whatever. They would be under the hoop and use the same amount. Honestly, it would go all the way over the backboard. I'm going, what in the world? So anyway, but everybody played because it was intramural. Everybody played. Everybody had the same opportunity. And this one kid, he was terrible, but he still played. He still played. I still got him in every game, uh, just about as much as everybody else. He was terrible, but he quit. He quit. I said, you know, what's, what's going on? He goes, well, I don't want to play on that team anymore. He quit. And so what happened there? He lost his chance to improve. He lost the chance to be coached. He lost being part of the team. But did I kick him off? No, he chose to leave. Can I tell you that even when you mess up and you're not so good at Christianity sometimes, don't quit the team. 
stay on the team. Or maybe you've made a horrendous mistake. I'll tell you something else. We were at this big game. Uh, we played uh, Baptist Bible in Clark Summit, Pennsylvania, and it was our big rival, big rival. And it was so loud, you just couldn't hear yourself think. And I get in the game and just, just choked. They were pressing, and I got the ball, and I threw it to nobody, and it was, it was horrendous, horrendous. Again, the coach pulled me out. I didn't play the rest of the game, but I never quit. And that team that year went on to the national championship, and we took second place in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, not because of me. I had already told you that. But you know what? I celebrated because I was part of the team. You can make mistakes even as a believer, but don't quit. Don't give up because Jesus hasn't given up on you. He chose you knowing what you had done. He chose you knowing what you would do, knowing what you would do. And he still chose you to be on his team. And he wants you to be on his team even now and today. What happened to Peter? Peter was a foul-mouthed fisherman who denied Jesus but became the leader of the first century church. Because not only does he know the mistakes you'll make, he sees in you the potential that he's placed in you. This is the last part of it. He knows what you have done, still chooses you. He knows what you will do wrong in the game, still chooses you because he sees the potential in you. Now, I'll go back, and this is the only good story I'll tell about myself today. We're playing Bible Baptist, and one of the starters' grades wasn't what it should have been, so he wasn't allowed to start, or he had some disciplinary. Anyway, I started in his place, and we were running this play where I would, all the ball would be here, and the whole goal was to get it over to this side where nobody was playing defense. And so I was on the, the, the back side of the play, and I got the ball. This is the first play of the game. Got the ball, and I shot it, and it went right in. It swished. And I was so excited. If you've never been in an adrenaline rush like that, you can hardly even move because it just overwhelms you in that. See, the coach kept me on the team because he saw the potential. And listen, that's minor compared to the potential that God sees in you. Just because I had made a mistake, the coach didn't kick me off. Just because you've made mistakes, Jesus won't kick you off. Stay on the team because he sees your potential. He knew what Peter was. He knew what Peter would do, but he also knew what Peter could become. Look at Saul Paul. Paul was a religious man. He played the game pretty well according to certain standards, but he still needed a savior because he was going around having Christians killed and imprisoned, men, women, and children. But Jesus chose him and saved him because he knew the potential in him. And Saul, Paul, became the greatest missionary ever to plant the churches, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Judas, on the other side, never asked to be back on the team. Judas never said, coach, I messed up bad. Can I still be on the team? Meaning, will you forgive me of my sins? He never asked that. And so he ended up his life not on Jesus' team, but on the devil's team. But it was his choosing and no one else's. God sees in you the potential. Ephesians 2.10, and I'll close. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the things he planned for us to do long ago. 
So just as he chose us before the foundation, he has a job for us to do that he laid out for us before the foundation of the earth. Let me talk to you now. God already knows what you've done. If you raise your hand and say, I want to play on Jesus' team, he'll choose you. He knows how bad you've screwed up. Oh, you've messed up this game. He knows how bad. He'll still choose you. If you're a believer and you look back and you say, I accepted Christ, but I've made so many mistakes. I've kind of gone the wrong direction. and I've played the game poorly. Will Jesus still have me on his team? Yes. He still has a purpose and a plan for you. It might be that one shot in the big game, but he has a purpose and he has a plan for you. Don't quit Jesus' team because he sees in you the potential that he wants you to be you so he can use you to do what only you can do. Did you get that? Don't ask me to repeat it. Watch the video. He sees in you all of that potential. Did God choose you or did you choose God? Yes. By his grace, he gave you the opportunity to raise your hand and say, I want to be on Jesus' team. And so I ask you this question as we close. Are you on Jesus' team? If you're not or you're not sure, then today's the day. You can raise your hand for real or you can raise it in your heart and say, I want to make sure I'm on Jesus' team. And he'll accept you. He'll accept you. Maybe you've been a believer and you've made mistakes like everybody else in this room. God's not giving up on you. He's not throwing you off the team. He might have benched you for a bit. (laughs) That's only because he wants to teach you because there's a big shot awaiting you that you can do, you can make, because he loves you. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.